0: Hello and welcome to the HopeCast with Rachel Flick. Rachel is a speaker, inspirational author, and an overcomer. As Rachel is walking through her own journey of grief, she's challenging others to persevere and overcome their own circumstances. Find out more at rachelflick.com. Here now is your host, Rachel Flick. Hello and welcome to the HopeCast with Rachel Flick. I'm producer Mike and alongside of me is producer Jess. We are filling
1: in for Rachel at the mic today and we are here to introduce today's
0: show.
2: That's right, Mike. Today's episode features an interview that Rachel conducted with Kevin and Sam Sorbo. You may be familiar with them as they have acted in several feature films and television shows. Sam and Kevin met on the set of Hercules, The Legendary Journeys, and then they were married in 1998. Sam is the radio host of nationally syndicated The Sam Sorbo Show and speaks publicly around the country. Sam's book, They're Your Kids, an inspirational journey from self-doubter to homeschool advocate, released to rave reviews. Kevin Sorbo starred in the 1990s syndicated TV series, Hercules, The Legendary Journeys. Kevin released his memoir in 2012, True Strength, My Journey from Hercules to Mere Mortal, and How Nearly Dying Saved My Life. The book chronicles his near-death experience at the end of season five on set of Hercules and his battle to regain his life after he suffered from three strokes. It's an honest account of celebrity, personal tragedy, and the power of letting go. That will be part of the conversation today with Rachel. Kevin has also starred in the Universal Studios feature film Cole the Conqueror, the prequel to Conan the Barbarian. That was followed by Walking Tall the Payback and Walking Tall Lone Justice, both for Sony MGM. The Sorbos currently reside in Florida with their three young children.
1: Thanks, Jess. This interview was conducted at the National Religious Convention a few months back. Let's get to their conversation now on this edition of the HOPEcast.
3: Kevin and Sam, thank you so much for being here with me today. Such a pleasure.
1: It is a pleasure. Thanks for having us on.
3: I love that we caught this interview here at NRB. Have you guys been to NRB before? Yeah, we have several.
1: We've well done, I don't know, I think five of them, at least six of them possibly, yeah.
4: yeah. We were actually at the, at the NRB right before COVID hit. Okay, the one in February last year. February last year, before the whole world started falling apart. Bookending it,
3: because
4: this is really the 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 first big conference we've
1: been to. Well, that's not true, but yeah, it's. Well, things are opening a little bit more. I mean, I'm doing more. I do a lot of pro life speaking events as well, and I've already done five this year, and I got another four lined up. So.
4: We're getting uh, back into people it. Are We're getting, getting back together. Now,
1: enough is enough of this of this fear, and fear is an amazing weapon, and they're using it against us.
3: It is very powerful motivator, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. You know, one of the things I would love for you to share with us here on the HopeCast is some of your journey and um, some of the health challenges that you face and what that's looked like overcoming.
1: Um, I'll try to be quick because uh, I know we're short on time with you. But, You're uh, good. You're good. Well, we got it, all the time know, in the world. You know what? It was it was at the end of season five in Hercules where I shot New Zealand seven years. I was having all kinds of problems with my arm. I couldn't quite figure out what was going on. Got back to America. They found a lump in my upper left shoulder, mm. up, way up here. They were going to do a biopsy thinking it might be cancer. Ended up being an aneurysm that had been spitting up blood oh, clots down wow. into my arm. And uh, when I went to see my chiropractor, still not knowing what it was, um, in eight years, he's never cracked my neck because I don't like my neck cracked. I heard mm-hmm. a voice warn me, don't let him crack your neck over and over again. It was really weird to me. Wow. Like, he's never cra- He cracks my neck. <gasps> oh. It opened up the aneurysm, sent more clots in my arm, but four clots went in my brain. Um, thankfully, one of the oh clots that was in my speech pattern, as she heard my speech, as he was res- rushing me to the hospital, um, dissolved, and the speech came back right away. But the next two went to my balance center, one went to my vision. I still have a 10% loss vision in both eyes. Mm. Um, it took me three years to fully recover from it. It took me four months to learn how to even balance and walk again. Oh, and here wow. I was playing the strongest right. man in the world in a series called Hercules. So athletic. Um, between her toughness, her East Coast toughness, uh, and, and our faith. Because every time I got down, she said, Kevin, it happened. What are you going to do about it? So it took me uh, three years to fully recover. She bugged me, bugged me, ended up writing a book. She wrote a few chapters. She says they're the best chapters in the book. (laughs) Of course. And it's it's called True Strength, My Journey from Hercules to Mere Mortal and How Nearly Dying Saved My Life. Wow. And um, the book you know being a guy you don't want to show how weak you've become especially a guy who grew up with sports and everything very vulnerable but she was right when the people came up to me once the book came out saying I've survived cancer I've survived a car crash I've survived Mm. a, a shooting I've survived whatever it may have been in their lives they say your book made me stop feeling sorry for myself and it opened up that door speaking to me, which I thought I'd never be doing. But what the book has faith in there. And I've always said faith in my life, but I never needed faith mm. until this hit me. Mm-hmm. And um, I wrestled with God, trust me, but don't wrestle with him because you'll lose. Anyway, um, <laughs> it was a long journey for me to get back to where I was. But I'll tell you, it's it, to see what it's done for people and to see what it's done for me in terms of seeing the, the the reinforcement from people. But now through the book, they found I'm a Christian. So I did, you know, talk about speaking at churches and Christian education found it on pro life and now this whole different world opened to me that I thought would never be there. So it's been a blessing for me. People can go to Kevinsorbo.net to get the book if they want an autograph copy or they can go online and pick it up there as well.
2: Yeah.
4: You know I'll just I'll just throw in here that um, Kevin is an actor. He loves to act mm-hmm. and he, he never really saw himself as a in, in the role of a leader, as a, you know, taking a role in leadership. And so the book really gave him a voice. And then people started asking him to lead, and mm. uh, and I think that was a discovery for you, which is why why you're you're saying, you know.
1: Well, I like being number one in the call sheet, but beyond <laughs> that.
3: Do you think it humanized you to people, which drew them to you?
4: Yeah, it oh, definitely absolutely. humanized me. Yeah. Well, he was Hercules, right? Yeah. He was half god, and and that's wonderful. And you, you want to you, you love him because he yeah. does such a great job on yeah. the show and stuff. But then you find out that there's a there's a story back there that mm. he's willing to share with you. And it really just humanizes him to, and that's why the, the subtitle is "My Journey from Half God to Mere Mortal." Mm, that's and, a great um, title, you know, to to open up to people and say, "I've had hardship too." Mm. Um, we were at an event last night, and one of the things that the one of the pastors said was, um, "One of the things that ministered to him when he was grieving the loss of his son was somebody came up to him and said I, I it was his brother. It was his brother. Sorry, the loss of his yeah. brother. You're right.'" I, what was it? I accompany you, I join you I join in you your grief. In your grief. Yeah. And yeah. so to know that the person is, part- I participate in your grief, I participate. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, part of the reason that we're so thrilled to be here at NRB mm-hmm. in person. Is because yeah. we're participating together where two or three are gathered. That's why that's in the Bible. Yeah. And um, and so what they've done... So much better
1: Zooms, to be in person, to see you in person. Yeah. What they've, what they've tried amazing? to do to the
4: church in America is just a desecration. Well, it's yeah. It's just yeah. To, to, to force the church to go online is to deny the church. Yeah. Yeah. So, the body has so
3: much power together. Sam, will you tell me a little bit about that? What that was like for him to have that diagnosis, to walk through those health things, to see him struggling, and and to
4: challenge him to stay motivated to heal. Well, it was. I, I can't say it was tough. I just. I, it was like my calling at the time. Mm. It just you know, I saw it. I I witnessed it. Um, I had a crisis. I had a in a, a huge crisis of faith. Mm. He was in intensive care, and he had just gotten out. They just wheeled him in from a surgery. And he had gone. He went into shock. He started shaking uncontrollably. Mm. He had a tube going into his groin, and he was on tremendous blood. Wow. Yeah, he he was on tremendous blood thinners, and so I knew that if if he popped anything, he would bleed out. They wouldn't be able to save him. It's terrifying. And he was shaking tremendously and uncontrollably. And uh, the nurse, male nurse, I remember shouted. We got to get it back to the OR oh stat or we're going to lose him. Oh and goodness. I ran out of the room and ran down to the bank of phones. And I called his mm. doctor who was, you know, four miles away. And I told him what was happening. And the doctor said, Sam, he's in, he's in good hands. There's nothing I can do from here. Mm. And I hung up the phone and I was like, well, <laughs> so I just prayed to God. I oh. said, okay, God, you know, it is what it is. Your, your, will, your, your will be done. And I walked back to the room. And the whole episode had ended. They had resolved it. The doc- I guess the doctors came in and did something, and it just completely resolved. And I realized, I'm not in control. Mm. God's in control. And Kevin will get better, and I just have to stay the course. And so that was my role. And a um, um, lot you of get, sleepless nights. You got to be the rock in that season. Yeah, but... Uh, it's my calling. Like, yeah. I did a lot of sleepless nights, and so be it. And mm-hmm. take naps during the day, get gal, and get back on the horse, you know? Yeah.
1: She was taking me in the ER um, as I'm hanging on her because I couldn't stand. Mm. Um, it was the same day Princess Di died, by the way, Aww. car crash. So September, it was a beautiful September morning. And I just, re- I, I remember looking at Blue Sky, I didn't tell her this at the time, it's in my book, but I remember looking up at the sky and saying, this is so weird, I'm going to die today. Because I knew what had happened to me. Wow. I knew I'd suffered a lot of, uh, I'd wow. suffered strokes. And what shocked me is how calm I was about it. Because, but, you know, I had faith, like I said, but I, I, I was, I was like, man, I always wanted to get married. I always wanted to have kids. I always wanted to have a full life, you mm-hmm. know, and I said, this kind of sucks. But I was sort of shocked at how calm I was about it. But during the recovery, she gave me something that I tell a lot of people to do. She gave me a mantra to say every morning when I got to bed. She wanted me to look in the mirror every day and say, I'm getting better, I'm getting stronger. And say it over and over again until mm-hmm. I believe it for that day. Yeah. And it was huge for me. And I put that chapter in the book. And a lot of people say, I do it all the time now. Getting yeah. better, I'm getting stronger. Those anchor Because it's a choice. It's a yeah. choice. You They're know, powerful. If I get in a bad mood, a kid's getting in a bad mood, she always says, it's a choice. Mm-hmm. You can say in a bad mood if you want. But you can also say, you know what? I don't have to be stuck here. There was there was a shrink I went to that she sent me to. Mm-hmm. I never would have gone to a psychiatrist. And he said to me, are you a religious person? I said, yes, I am. And he said, well, you don't have to be, but there's something called a grateful prayer. And a lot of times we forget to do this. And I tell my agnostic and atheist friends, you can still find a time to be grateful. You can be stuck in your car in L.A. traffic and go, you know what? I'm grateful I got car. That's a I hard a time to be grateful. <laughs> I'm grateful yeah. the sun is out. I'm grateful yeah. that I got a pillow. Yes. I'm grateful I got running water. I'm grateful yes. for air There's always a place to be grateful in your life, and maybe you know, as I tell my atheist friends, and maybe eventually they'll sneak up on you, and you'll find a, find a way that there there is something greater than you mm. in the in the world and in the universe. So it was uh, it was good. Yeah, a good
3: that, to that you. practice of gratitude is so empowering to the body. You know, they say um, laughter is is like moisture to the bones, right? That it literally keeps you supple and healthy and young.
1: I gotta throw this in there. I worked 14-hour days on Hercules, Uh and I was lifting weights two hours a day. It was typical for me to be 17 to 18 hours a day, door to door. Yeah. I didn't watch TV, but after (laughs) my strokes, I had no time. I mean, we sat in front of the TV, and I'd heard of the sitcom Friends and Mad About You, so we started watching that. (laughs) I just wanted to laugh again. Yeah. It, it, it It is a very good medicine.
3: That's awesome. That's awesome. So you are both very vocal in your faith and your relationship with the Lord and you support Christian media. What does it look like to maintain your marriage over time in a media
4: culture where most people don't make it? Well, and it's funny because we're in the media also, yeah. right? So it's not just that we're living in a culture of that's driven yeah. by media. Um, so, uh, you know, we had challenges in our marriage, and uh, we, we wrote about them actually in the second book, the sort of follow-up book called True Faith, which mm. came out
1: last year. Yeah.
4: And um, uh, it's True Faith, embracing adversity to live in God's light. And so I think that really the tactic we take is, you know, is it is it Paul who says, "Be grateful for your challenges. Be grateful for mm-hmm. y- count it all joy. Count it because all joy. You know. Exactly." And so I think that's what we did. And in fact, you know, I stand for truth. Kevin stands for truth. Mm-hmm. And so we don't consider it a sacrifice when we're just taking a stand for God, mm. who is truth. He's the author of truth. Um, we, we count it all joy. Yeah. And if they come at us, then, then we're doing the right thing. We, yeah. we must be over. If we're getting flack, then we're over the target. hmm so that's I think a great that that's, perspective. Just a, that's just a fight that... Neutral that, people don't get attacked by the enemy. Yeah, if you're not getting attacked, then, mm. then
3: you're...
1: Facebook took me down two months ago.
4: You've been canceled. <laughs> uh, oh, no. He was digitally assassinated. Ugh.
1: I told the truth. They don't like the truth. No. The darkness doesn't like the light.
4: Well, he... He told the truth with humor, and they they don't want to laugh at themselves because yes. they are ridiculous, yeah. And uh, so they can't take the ridicule. So yeah. So.
3: Um, so, what tips would you give to others who are who are facing a struggle or a stressful season in their marriage through your lessons of perseverance?
4: So you know, I I think of this analogy. Um, my mother named all of her children odd names. Okay. And her theory was a name will make you or break you. Mm. And so she gave us challenging names so that we could rise above the challenge. That's right? so interesting. Yeah. Kind of strange, but, <laughs> but, but the point is you could, you make a choice. Is this going to make us or break us? And, and that's the choice. Mm. And so choose, choose that it will make you stronger. Choose joy, count it joy mm. and, and, the, the subtitle of the book is Embracing Adversity. Embrace mm-hmm. it and say, okay, God, you clearly have a work for me to do here. I'm going to need your help, though. Let's get her done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want people to, to pour into their marriages mm-hmm. rather than to you know be led astray and say, oh, it's just too hard. I just don't know what to do. God, mm-hmm. help me navigate my way out of this. That's not what he wants to hear, you know. What do
3: you say to the popular cultural reason for divorce, which is they're not making me happy?
4: Oh, good heavens. Is it their job to make you happy? I mean, happiness is a choice. If mm. you're not happy, that's your choice. That's your choice. Mm. It's, that's your choice. As Kevin said, there's always room to be grateful. And, and gratitude is the, the single most important ingredient for happiness. Mm. And that's what people fail to recognize because we're in a culture that says that happiness is yours you're entitled to it right absolutely and and fails to recognize that it's only through hard work and dedication that you'll achieve it right Mm mm-hmm
1: um I used to cat. I grew up. My dad was a school teacher. I'm the fourth of five kids. Okay. We didn't have a lot of money. Public school teachers don't get paid a lot. Mm-hmm. I remember my dad agonizing at the end of every month. You know, would you boys? We're four boys and one girl. Would you guys stop drinking so much milk and drink more water? <laughs> you know. And uh, but if, they, if, they, if they, but your inst-
3: family's in as big as you are, then that huh? was a big bill. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> the grocery bill oh, was no big. There's no question.
1: And but <laughs> but they instilled hard work into all of us. And when I got to college, I spent a couple summers um, where I was a caddy at a private country club. These are wealthy guys. And I had, I had wealthy friends in high school. I knew they had money. I didn't envy that. that. That was motivation for me in a way. And I would ask these guys, how did you become successful in your life? Every one of these guys at accounted for. And they said, each of them on separate occasions, oh, I failed. And then I failed again. And I kept failing, kept failing. Mm-hmm. And marriages can fail just like businesses can fail and you can fail in your careers, but they said, don't give up. Failure is a positive thing, not a negative thing. Mm-hmm. Too many people out there give up so easily. What do they do? They blame God, they blame mm-hmm. neighbors, they were family, friends, everybody. Instead of looking in that mirror, mm-hmm. right? Cue Michael Jackson's song, man in the mirror. Right. That's where it starts. Mm-hmm. And, uh, It's so easy to blame everybody else if things go wrong in your life. You just got to get past that and look at the positive things. Because to me, I I made failure as a a positive thing. Because trust me, I moved to L.A. not knowing a soul. From a little town of 7,000 people in Minnesota to a city of 7 million people. Um, Failure was every single day in my life. But I Mm. I just said, they don't book me. It's their fault. It's their loss. And I always had the positive... uh, Mental attitude that I'm going to make it in this industry one way or another.
4: Tremendous perseverance. And the thing is that if you allow your marriage to fail, and of course we carve out the the, the true exceptions, right? Right. Abuse, uh, abuse of one kind or another, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if you allow your marriage to fail, then what's to say that you're ever going to succeed? Mm-hmm. If you if you can't figure out what this one's doing wrong, then how are you going to succeed at the next one? Mm-hmm. So so I just encourage people to persevere. I don't. I'm disheartened by the by the rate of divorce that we have in the nation. Yeah. So that's, and that's partly why we wrote true faith is to to pour into people's marriages. And
3: I think that we make, we minimize how powerful it is to stay married, right? That the picture that you give to the people around you by choosing each other every day, right? That it doesn't have to be this magical fairy tale. It's not going to be,
4: you know, on social media, we see everybody else's sizzle reel. We, we see the, the, the glorious points of their lives. We don't see the behind the scenes, which is why we wrote True Faith, is to mm-hmm. show you a little bit behind the scenes. Like, um, because we all have to understand that, not no, their life isn't perfect, and mm-hmm. yours is the only screwed up life out there. We're all messy. Everything's yeah. messy. Yeah. Everywhere. But, but I think social media sort of feeds into that, the grass is always greener on the other, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: Right, yeah. that there's somebody who will solve your problems. You guys, this interview has been great. Sam, would you tell me a little bit about your new book, Words for Warriors? Oh, I'd love to.
4: Words for Warriors deals with um, the, the effort of the, the left, I'll say, the, the anti-God crowd mm. to um, abuse, denigrate, and destroy our language. Because mm. in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the mm. Word was God, and they hate God. And so they try to destroy our language as a way of attacking God. And it started with the word fascism uh, when I realized that they had just completely, uh, they they say right-wing fascist. There is no such thing. Fascism is left-wing, full stop. Um it is not right wing, but it allows them to say, Oh, there's violence on both ends of the spectrum, mm. which is also a lie
2: mm-hmm. and um
4: I got tired of people being lied to, so I wrote a book about the words and their meanings, and I can there's tell a lot you have of a humor fire in you for this yeah, there's a lot of humor in the book, in fact, after one of the <laughs> definitions, I actually wrote duh because it's it is self evident you 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 can't say you you can't call a man a woman uh, that's a lie yeah it, it just is and, and it's just a, a, a perversion of our language. Absolutely. And uh, we, we ought not to be allowing it. So mm,
3: I'm so excited to pick that up. Kevin, before we started talking, you were telling me about something that you've done for law enforcement that I'd love to hear more about. It's
1: a documentary called Bleeding Blue. I hope people go check it out. Okay. So bleedingbluemovie.com. And it shows... Um, what it's really like to be a police officer, what they have to go through. And it's not sitting there glorifying police. There's bad apples in every business. Mm-hmm. I'm an actor. There's a lot of bad apples in acting, trust me. <laughs> a lot of jerk directors, a lot of bad producers. So, so no, no, no. But I'm just saying there's bad apples everywhere. Yes. But I mean, let me take, give you an example. In 2018, there were 4,100 shootings in Chicago. 4,100 shootings. That's what, a dozen a day at least, okay? How many involved the police? Less than 1%. So 99.2% of the shootings were mostly black on black. That's mm-hmm. what they're doing in that city. But what does the press do? 0.80. That's what they look at. That's what mm-hmm. they. This is what's wrong with the press. There, there's no. There's no truth within the press as well. They just, there's lie after lie. to say oh, police are oh, bad. Because of course they're, bad they're not. Of course yeah. they're not. I mean, they're they're doing. I mean, when I do ever speaking events, I say. Would please before I start, I want everybody who serves in the armed forces, including police officers, please sign up and be recognized. Mm. And they're the, at the end of it when I'm signing books, I get police, navy, army, whatever. Come, thank you for saying that. Yeah. Thank you for letting us be recognized because I'm there speaking for a totally different thing. But that's how I start every speaking event because I want them to be
4: recognized. Mm. Thank you so much really for acknowledging them. That into the culture. I just want to mention that Babylon B, uh, if you subscribe <laughs> to their their emails, they sent it, they, they did an article on. Uh, ten jobs that are better than being a police officer, and the first one was wrestling honey badgers. Which <laughs> the honey badger is like the yeah, most viciously yes.
3: <laughs> attacking you. They'll take, on so,
4: a they'll
1: take on a bear.
4: Yeah, they they'll take. take yeah, they'll take on anything. Yeah. Honey you guys, badgers. this
3: has yeah. been wonderful. Thank you so much for Hope taking about. the time. Oh
4: yeah, go to sorbos.org to catch up on all things uh, that we're doing, and yeah. um, also to donate. We ha- we do yeah. have a ministry for our filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Um, so and then if you want my books you can go to sorbos.org it's still uh, under production Uh, we're getting it up so go to samsorbo.com I'm starting a new TV show on Mm epictv.com I'm very excited about that I'm also on Liftable talking also about homeschooling and the culture and uh, so yeah so many wonderful ways to
3: connect with you guys I know the listeners are going to go out and grab those resources
1: follow me on twitter at ksorbs they're very funny jabs I do (laughs) at the people that they know who I'm jabbing (laughs)
4: yeah it's good stuff Thanks so much for having us. Everybody,
3: this has been an awesome episode recorded with Sam and Kevin Sorbo. You can catch all of those resources, and if you didn't hear them, they will be in the show notes. Everybody, this has been the Hopecast with Rachel Flick.
0: You've been listening to the Hopecast with Rachel Flick. To find out more, go to rachelflick.com. While you're there, you can book Rachel for your next speaking engagement. Her inspiring message will be sure to engage and touch the heart of your audience at your next conference, church event, or business function. Go to rachelflick.com to book her today. While you're online, you can discover more information about all of the platforms that this podcast is on. Also, be sure to click on the social media icons at the top of the page, and you will be directed to Rachel's social media sites. If you listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, We would appreciate if you would subscribe and leave us a review. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you next time for another edition of the HopeCast with Rachel Flick.